So this morning is going to be a little bit different. And if you are a visitor with us, bear with us, because actually as much as it's different, it is so important that what we do this morning actually brings glory to the Father. It's not about what we do, how we do it, but actually this morning we want to bring glory to God, and we want to testify of His goodness and His faithfulness. And so we've actually asked a number of people within the life of the church this morning to share testimonies. Thank you, Tundi's happy about that. <laughs> to share testimonies about God's faithfulness. I won't do what I did downstairs because I might just lose the crowd kind of thing. But it is so important that we share our testimony. That we let other people know what God has been doing. Amen. It's important. It's actually in the Bible. <laughs> it's in the Bible. Did you know? Did you know that God actually commands us to share our testimony? Jesus actually did. He said, go. There's a story in the book of Mark where he sends a young man and he says to him, go to your home, go to your people and report to them the great things the Lord has done for you and how he had mercy on you. Go to your home, go to your family, go to your friends and tell them. And so this morning, we want to create that space to do that because we're family. And so if you're a visitor, you're going to get a little inside window into the family of Josh Jen. Whoopa. That's the first bell. Round one. Chronicles 16 verse 8. I just, want to write, I just want to ground this in Scripture quickly because it's always important to know that what we're doing is the Word of God. This is not Chad's idea or the elder's idea kind of thing. This is God. Chronicles. Let's have, says, oh, give thanks to the Lord. We were doing that in our worship this morning. We were giving thanks to Him. All the songs, if you've noticed, had this similar thread of great is the Lord, giving thanks to Him. Call upon His name. Make known His deeds among the people. Are you the people? Okay. Tandy still is the people. Are you the people? Yes. And we will give, we will make known the deeds among the people. We're going to tell each other. We're going to tell you what God has done in lives and hearts. Come on. Make known the deeds among the people. Let's carry on with that scripture because I think it's actually quite beautiful. Did I give you all the verses or did you just do the one there? Hawks. Okay, I'll just read it. Don't put it up. It says, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon His name. Make known His deeds among the nations, actually. Not just make known His name among the nations. Give praise to the Lord. Proclaim His name. Proclaim His name. Oh, that's the copy print text. This is the same thing over and over. It does. Well, anyway, it's important. You'll say it over and over and over again. That's why I copy paste to us kind of thing. Yeah? Make known His deeds, His goodness. And every one of us can testify of his deeds. And I love then just 1 Peter 3, verse 15 says there, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Are you ready with your testimony? Because it's not just about you, it's about God. It's about what He's done, and that is the importance of testimony. It's actually to bring Him glory. It's to bring Him glory about what He's done, about how faithful He's been, about how truthful He's been, how amazing He's been. It's not about your accomplishments, your achievements, and, and what you've done, but it's about Him. That is the point of testimony. 
And in that, what happens? We are encouraged and our faith is built up. And that is what we're doing this morning. I want God, I'm, I'm trusting that your faith is going to be stirred. Because maybe there's some of you sitting here who have never experienced God's faithfulness. We sung that song. He is faithful. He is glorious. We sung that song. He is faithful. And so this morning, sharing testimony is a declaration of His faithfulness. And so you might be sitting here this morning, never having experienced His faithfulness, never having experienced His goodness, never have experienced His righteousness, and there is an opportunity for you today to meet this one that will bring you into a place where you can experience it. Amen. It's not just for a few of us. It's for all of us to experience His goodness, to experience His faithfulness. And it starts by having a relationship with Him, not just by going to church and doing what we should be doing, but by having a relationship with Him. That is what it means to walk with the living, living God. And so this morning, if that's you here, open your heart. Don't just shut down because you want to go and have a beach day. Listen to the testimonies, all right? So I'm going to let her go first because I know she's nervous. Lizette, come <laughs> Come on. This is Lizette, everyone. Say hello to Lizette. And I'm going to stand with her because I know she's nervous. <laughs> Surprisingly nervous for a performing artist. <laughs> Hi, everyone. I'm Lizette. So, um... Uh, asking to testify what the Lord has done in my life this year would be difficult if I didn't give you a backstory of the last seven years of my life, but I'll keep it under five minutes. <laughs> so um, I moved to George uh, in the end of 2016, yeah, 2016 and um, moved here with her husband <laughs> and a four-month-old baby. And then we spent the December holidays with my parents. And then my then husband uh, went back to Hutting to go and oversee the move of our furniture. And then I got a WhatsApp a week after he left telling me that he wouldn't be returning. Um, so I was left in a new town with a four-month-old baby, no income, um, and that's where I met God <laughs> for the first time, very broken. Um, and I have witnessed him rebuild my life in seven years to a point I don't even recognize my life. <laughs> and it's not even the life that I've dreamed of while I was married. And it was a true testimony of him um, letting everything work together for the good. So I am... Um, was very trusting of God to take me out of scenarios that I didn't belong in. But then I also met Nardis and Lindy, <laughs> and a very tiny Tori, <laughs> and she started dancing with me. And um, that relationship built into something uh, that it was not just about helping me through difficult times, but it was wanting to share when I've had a good day, <laughs> wanting to share when I've had a bad day, <laughs> um, just like family. And then I think mostly at the end of last year, I realized that 
I trusted God to take me out or take, to take things out of my life. Or, um, but I didn't really trust him to put good things into my life. <laughs> so um, this year was all about that. And um, letting him place me in family. I joined Cor and Gracie's um, community and it was exactly like that, being part of family. Um, and fully understanding to trust God to put good things into my life. So the fact that he um, makes things work together for good when things go out of your life doesn't necessarily mean you need to do it alone. I am definitely not alone. <laughs> um, so the day before my then husband left, he actually gave me a diary with a scripture on it. And you can put the scripture on it. And, and it said... For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And I think for seven years, I, I read that as, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to survive, <laughs> plans to survive in a room just with God, me and Leela, with lots of walls around it. Um, I think this year I fully understand that he had plans for me to prosper and not harm me <laughs> and people to not harm me. And uh, yeah, so today I want to say thank you, Lord, for putting me in family. Oh, cry, baby. And covering me with your feathers and just letting me be part of your family. I'm so thankful for my life. <laughs> thank you, Lord. Wonderful, eh? I'm, I'm going to have... Can I come sit down for the rest of us? Because it's cold up there. That's yeah. <laughs> beautiful, eh? Come on. Yes, we serve an amazing God. Chris. Come here, Buddha. Good morning, beautiful people. Um, for, it's, it's really a, a privilege for me to stand here this morning. Um, but my story starts, the theme of my testimony is, is actually, it's a, I've got a theme, believe it or not. It's a, it's a change of heart. Um, my journey began uh, about... 25 years ago, and yeah, I really struggled with addiction, and before I go further, I believe I can't heal me, so I have enough heal, I have 25 years of heal and trauma, and I'm finished, I'm done, I'm, I'm just going to smile, and I'm just going to be happy, <laughs> so uh, 25 years ago, I, I started using substances, and um, I struggled with drugs, but I'm not going to share the whole story because it's going to be too long. But yes, I've always served God, and I've always loved God, but I just always had this one struggle. You can call it uh, a war. You can call it um, a thorn in the flesh that I struggled with for most of my life, and everything just, I tried so much, I, I went to rehab for, for three times and didn't work. And I prayed and I 
had demons driven out of me, and I, I don't know what, it, it's, it's been 25 years of just uh, warfare and fighting, and Sure, can you give it a chance to nervous? We see this. It's very good for you to start. Thank you. <laughs> and um, everything came to a point this year or two. What's the word? Uh, like a, alles het net tot a climax gekom. This year on the on my birthday on the third of August. Uh, it was a great day. I got up, went to work started receiving messages, happy birthday, I hope you have a beautiful day, and it was just a great day, and then all of a sudden, I just started feeling very weird, and nie lekker nie, and I get opgestaan, and my boss to gaan ek sê, listen, something doesn't feel, feel right, and <clears throat> as I was standing there, I just collapsed, and to make a long story short, uh, I had a heart attack, I had a huge heart attack, and I didn't have a, like a medical aid, so they, they took me to George Hospital, and they gave me a medication there to, they, because there was a blood clot, they said it was a blood clot, they gave me medication, and the medication didn't work, and they said, but it didn't work because there's more than uh, one blood clot, and then, then my life started to change, then I realized, listen, um, the chances that I'm going to die is like huge because they told me that I don't know what I can do. The only hope for me is to get to Grootskir Hospital because they, they can only treat me there. So, but the, the flight that I need to be on to get there was full. And at that stage, there was taxi uh, riots, so we couldn't really drive. Or we could drive, but it was um, dangerous. There was taxi riots and stuff going on, so... And Dan arrived there, that was like a light in the darkness that when you came into uh, the room and, and we just started praying and praying. And while we were praying, uh, the, the young doctor uh, ran into the room and said, you won't believe it. There, there's someone that had to be on that flight, but that spot opened up. So there's a spot for me to, to get onto the flight and to go to Cape Town. So I was so, we were so happy, we were so relieved and Yes, I got into the flight. It was 12 o'clock. I was still having my heart attack. It actually started at 2 o'clock the, the day. 12 o'clock, I was still having my heart attack. Arrived at the hospital. When I arrived there, I was even worse. I, I thought, this is it. And they put me into a room, and next to me was a lady. She had a heart attack. She died next to me. And I, when I saw that, and I heard, heard the screams of, of her daughter next to me and stuff, I just said, just God, please, um, I don't, I don't want to die today. I don't want to die. I want to, um, there's so much I want to still do. I've got a young son. I've got a daughter. Um, I, I did give them a picture, but God just showed me a picture of my heart. And I saw a picture of a heart of stone, a heart of stone. And God told me, listen. Your, you had a heart of stone. For 25 years, I, I tried, I knocked, I knocked on your heart and you didn't open it. it. 
you kept it hard. And today, I, I had to break your heart. I, I had to break your heart so that I can come in. So God broke my heart that day, but He also healed me in a sense because all that stone and all that hardness that was around my heart fell off. It's still broken, my heart. It's still broken, but it's a good broken. It's a, you know, my heart will never recover. I will never be have the heart that I had before. But rather that than having a, a heart of stone and not having eternal life, I mean, yeah. And I had, I had notes and stuff, but you know, we make plans, but God erects our path. And today was just so much different. It's the first time I'm giving my testimony, and I just want to thank you for the opportunity. I mean, there's so much more than I can say, but I want to say that it all starts with the heart. Hey. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's been a, a, an incredible journey just, just knowing Chris. And, you know, that, like you said, it's, the heart has been changed, but it's still broken. And it's a process. Sometimes these things are a process and a journey. And, and that's why we're in family and in community together. Because he's in a community with a bunch of amazing men and women and journeying together and holding him accountable. Um, keeping in step with one another and uh, trusting to see complete breakthrough, complete healing, freedom from your struggles. And we thank you, Jesus. Come on. Come on, Jesus. Renee, Pierre, is it both of you or just your wife? <laughs> eh? Come stand with your wife, but <laughs> so people can see this gorgeous man next to you. Yeah, since he's shaved his beard. <laughs> So I just laugh now because my watch is telling me to relax. <laughs> um, I did make notes because I'm always scared I'm going to forget stuff. Um, yeah, God did a lot in me in this year, and I did give a lot of testimonies. And I mean, God's, even now with Dan and Chad's teaching two weeks ago, God's busy with me, and I can't wait to share that testimony when that happens. So I did share this testimony in a prayer meeting, and so I didn't want to share. Um, I was like, I said to myself, I'm always sharing. And then I thought, you know what? We're supposed to have fresh testimonies of God's goodness every day. So if I have to come every day and share my testimony, I'm going to. Um, yeah, so I'm just going to share in a, in a nutshell. See, I'm shaking. You never get used to standing up front. Huh? Um, so in April, we had the ladies' meeting um, camp. And God did a lot in that weekend. And I'm not going to share it. But... I was um, then on antidepressants because um, I was diagnosed with depression. And during that meeting, yes, um, that weekend, God spoke through a lot of people to me. And God spoke to me early hours of the morning. And it was just, it was a crazy weekend. And um, I clearly felt God say to me that I needed to stop my medication. And I was like, anyone that knows, you can't just go off antidepressants. It's not good. <laughs> And, but I clearly felt God say that to me. So I'm not saying, please don't go off your meds if you don't hear God, please. Um, and I didn't tell anyone because I was like, I didn't want people to say to me, no, you mustn't do it. You must wean yourself off. And I went off it. 
And I was like, I'm going to wait four months before I give a testimony because I want to make sure there's no, I don't have any side effects or whatever. And um, it's now been seven months and I didn't have any side effects. I totally feel completely free and I know God set me free. And it was that moment where I heard God clearly speak to me and I obeyed. And um, he, on that weekend, he gave me the scripture in Galatians 5, one that says, it is for freedom that I have set you free, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. And I, that weekend, I was like, I will not submit to this thing again. God has set me free, and I'm standing on that. And um, yeah, I just want to, this morning, in the prayer meeting, um, Daniel said, God, thank you for what you've done in our body. And all of a sudden, I was like, he didn't say thank you for what you've done in me, like with the testimonies, because what God does in me, he does in the body. He's, if he sets me free, there's freedom in the body. And this morning, I just want to thank God for that. I want to thank him for freedom, and I th- want to thank him for making part of the body whole that was broken. Yeah. Yeah, so I think for me to, you know, get to the, the last year, I also need to go seven years back uh, when, um, when my previous company, uh, when they moved us to George. And um, after two years of being in George, like one or two things happened. So we had an opportunity either to go back to PE or, you know, to stay here. Because, I mean, we felt that God has called us here to move to George. So it was either, um, you know, there was a, dis- a decision either to go back to PE and to go back to the things that's you know, familiar, where there's family, where there's friends, where we grew up, to either go back there or to stay here and to trust God that He's called us here and to persevere. So I started a new job. Um, I've always been in sales, so this was logistics. And... Um, for about four years, I did logistics, and it was, it was very demanding. It was rough. Um, it took a lot, of, a lot of hours away from, from our family, Renee and Mia, and um, like, I didn't have the capacity to, um, you know, to do more in church. Um, you know, there was a lot of times being asked, like, will you guys be able to lead a community? And it's always like, like I don't have the capacity. And um, in the beginning, it was like normal hours, Monday to Friday, like sort of far, at like eight till five. Towards the end, it was more like Monday to Sunday from five o'clock in the morning till eight, nine o'clock at night. So it was, it was, very, it was very demanding. Like I would do trips to PE, um, and then get to PE, and there's like 1,500 messages on my phone. Like just between the logistical companies and the, and the mines. And the, so, yeah, like just to you know, give you a picture. You know, guys always say, but I'm also busy. But that was the reality that I was in. And 80% of that was, was, for, my, it was for my attention. And, um, but I never, I never used that as an excuse not to be at church not to be at community. Um, there were times where I couldn't make it, and um, I didn't use it as an excuse not to come to, let's say, a prayer meeting or a worship evening. Um, 
so my heart was always that I wanted to be here. But, you know, the reality is I can't. At community, I would always sit in the back because there would always be a message of a, of a truck that's late that I need to sort out. And on a Sunday, year worshiping, and there's always the phone in my pocket vibrating. And it's like, okay, when do I answer it now? When do I answer it now? And um, so, yeah, four years later, uh, I moved within the same company. I moved over to sales. And obviously, that freed up time for me to start leading a comm, uh, you know, just be, be more present, um, have more time for my family, um, and, you know, just to, you know, do more of the things that, that we believe God has called us here for. Um, with, within the last four years, I'm sure there, there's been a lot of things that, that we've missed, um, you know, things that God wanted for us that we missed out, you know, due to work circumstances. But um, one thing is, like, we're closer now to the things that he's called us to where we were four years ago. And um, so my encouragement is to, like, always check your heart. Uh, you know, position your heart for, yes, God, I, like, I can't be there. I can't lead a comp, but I want to. You know, so position your heart for the, you know, when the time comes. And, um, and, you know, also just to encourage you guys that, you know, don't be bothered with God's timing. Like, His timing and he, is His timing. We just need to be faithful and we need to persevere for what He's called us here for. Um, and, uh, you know, you might be stuck in a job for the last 10 years and you're waiting to move on. But maybe He still has you there for a reason. So, like, don't. You know, don't hurry him on or, you know, be bothered with his timing. You just be faithful in the things that he's called you for um, and to stay in that place. And, um, you know, when the timing is right, like, you'll be released. Um, hey? Oh, is my time up? Okay. But, yeah, that's... <laughs> I don't know if it was five minutes. But, you know, yeah, just to encourage you guys, just to stay, be faithful and look at your heart. And if your heart is not at the right place, you know, to position your heart. Um, yeah. awesome. I love it. Awesome. Faithful with the little, hey? Faithful with the little. Yana. Where's Yana? There we go. Come. How do I hold this thing? Do I hold it like this? Thank you. Is this fine? Hi, everyone. I'm going to be reading, but I did write it, so it's me. Um, so I want to start off with the crux of my testimony, which is that I'm so deeply thankful to God for building my family and I into God's household. One of the portions of scripture that underpins my thankfulness is in Ephesians 2, 19 to 22. It says, consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, with Jesus Christ himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. So as a bit of a background, when Richard and I met about nine years ago, we had a deep, deep longing for community. But in reality, we were master isolators. 
It was us against the world in every situation and season. And we actually lived our lives in a very ignorant and self-centered way. Two years ago, at the peak of our loneliness, God allowed us to move to George. And we felt him reassure us that he was moving us here so that we could raise our family in family. Within our first month in George, and by God's grace, we started visiting Josh Jen. And from our first time here, we believed strongly that this is the family he wants us to form part of, which was not at all the family we had in mind. This conviction was tested a number of times during our first year, but the mega test and the crux of this testimony took place around May or June this year. So what went down is this. Somewhere Richard and I started believing a lie that we were alone and misunderstood, that no one got us. In this time, um, we still wanted to do all the right things, but our hearts were dead set on no one understanding us, knowing us, or even caring about us, which was a lie. We felt more alone than ever before and far from God. We felt offended and bitter, and for a few weeks we found ourselves in a horrible spiral where we were wrestling with and confused by all the things we had learned and experienced during the year before. We closed ourselves off yet again. But here comes the part worth testifying about. One evening, after having survived com, we had a post-com chat <laughs> with um, Dan and Candice. That chat was completely unexpected for us. And it was during this chat that the lie of being alone and misunderstood was exposed and brought into God's light. And immediately after that, everything changed. We felt a heavy weight being lifted off of us. And instead of feeling ashamed, we felt deeply loved and accepted. Since then, we have learned the joy and safety of being tucked in under our church leaders. We have experienced freedom in being accountable. We have seen the unifying and upbuilding beauty of true fellowship. We have experienced the deep joy of being members of God's household. We have come to see for ourselves how life-giving it is to open our home and our hands to others daily. We have tasted and seen the beauty of becoming family with all of you in Christ. God has helped us find clarity in questions we had, and we have freedom in knowing that others have our back, and that when we don't see what we don't see, there are others who can point it out to us and help us grow. We have experienced a deep joy in serving, and most importantly, we have grown closer to God as we walk closer with his children. So yes, we praise God for the privilege of being members of his household and that we don't have to do life alone. Come on. Just, just quickly, Yana, when did you guys start serving in kids' church? This year. So I, I don't know if it does time, but for me, something I'll pick up on that is you can abide, you can belong, but if you don't contribute you're going to remain isolated. The moment you start contributing to the body, suddenly everything changes. You can't just come to church on a Sunday. You can't just sit in a chair. You can't just be part of community, but you have to contribute. And I must be honest, I didn't know all this was going down. I mean, we've known them. But Richard, busy with the kids, he stood up, he shared something on Friday morning at prayer, and I started weeping. And I was like, what has God done here? Power. Because you wouldn't, I mean, Richard's a quiet guy. <laughs> but it's when he, yes, I was like, oh my hat, Jesus, you're doing something huge. 
klaar. Kom my broer, kan jy dit doen? Ek staan saam met jou. <laughs> nee, jy hoef nie my te staan, jy moet jou alleen staan, jong. Kom. <laughs> Goeiemorgen allemaal, is klaar. Sjoe, ek kan nie, vooral voor mooie mense kan ek nie praat heen, maar ja, ek gaan ons. Ek wil net so'n bykie vertel wat die heren in my leven gedoen het, in die afgelopen tyd, en waar ek vanaf kom. So, ek was, ek is een ex-drak-edik gewees, of is een ex-drak-edik, Ek het jou baie donker dinge gedoen. Ek was net die oukie gewees destijds. Ek was, ek het my ma, my pa, les harte, allemaal seer gemaakt. Ek was so vastgevang, dat die mense waar ek bly het, altyd vir my gesien, joh, kijk, haak om my drak op alweer van kolen en tilla aan. Hy sal nooit recht kom nie. Hy, sy male gaan om nog kom opdeelt in die pad, leed, dood, en ek het al my maag gehoor bid nie, en dan sê sy, jyre, kom vat net vir die klong van my, want hy is niks weerd, hy, en een aand, toe steek hulle my, net hier, ook in my hart, steek hulle my met die mes, steek hulle my met die mes, en ek het geleerd, daar is by die gemeenskapsaal om die draai, maar soos hulle nou vertel, die polisman, wat die verklaring kom vat, het om gesê, nee, hy is dood, is een lyk. En ek is hospitaal, toe ek die zondag aanskrik, ek was daar wakker in die hospitaal, nog wild, sjoeg vale ek, en die sklom pijpe wat in my hang, die bloed wat hulle drein. En ek le, en ek sta nog op, en ek vraag nog, wat gaan die maak, is baie seer, my oma was daar, want my ma wou nie kom nie, my oma is mis met dis, ek kom ek nog baie lief is waar ook, En sy het haar gesit, wakker is, sy het haar gesit en sy het gebid, ek het haar gehoor op bid sy en uit die, ek was daar vir paar weke in die hospitaal, geleda, en toe raak ek nou bykie ongedillig, joh, want ek moet nou fiks kry nou, ek kan nie nou meelee nie, ek het die dokters probeer belieg, ek is al reid, ek wil uitgaan nie, hulle het nog een saterochtend soekel aan my toe, ek weg uit die hospitaal, ek is my jaar by die huis gaan, hy kyk, plet toe, het die huis gekom, my maale vraag, moet jy in die hospitaal wees, wat die hospitaal kan vir my niks doen, en ek loop, en die zondag aan, stier hulle die polisies om my te kom laai, terug hospitaal toe, geleda, en ek het gezond geraak, maar ek het nog steeds die geluister, ek het maar weer teruggegaan, en die verkeerde dinge gedoen, in 2018, gee die heren vir my, daar is sienkie van my, en hy word gebore, maar hy word syklik gebore, so hy het een hartprobleem gehad, en ek het dan vraag alweer, jessie, ek het nou al die dwelms geloos, ek het alles geloos, nou kyk nou nog weer die probleem ook nou nog, en ek blameer vir Rowena, as die raar wat sê, die so lyk, en jessie, en ons is hospitaal in en uit, en ek het nog steeds die geluister, en En tot die jaar toe, 2023, toe het ek net besluit, joh. Toe ek nou nachter raak, denk ek nou net, kyk net waar vanaf kom ek, waar die jyre my al oorals 
uitgehaald, sy hand was altijd oor my, maar is nog steeds ongehoorzaam. En ek het besluit, nee, tot die toe nie meer verder, he. kom ons gee die jaren kans. En ek gee my kans, en in die begin van die jaar, ek het tot by verskillende kerke gegaan, ek het, ek het die jaren gesoek, so ek het gekom by die kerk, en dan is by die kerk, nee, die mense preek in die kerk, hulle tyg, hulle sing, maar as hy buiten kom, nee, uh, dis die, ek denk nie, dis hoe dit by die jaren lyk, like, maar ek het gegaan, ko soek die kerk, die kerk, tot een dag, kan ek nog een dou, um, ek was mys al een keer by Wilke Willis' kerk, die tyd, hoe sit nog, aan die tuine, evers, kom ons gaan bykie besoek, aan, want by die kerk wat ek was, as hy moes gesoet, en hy is ge, so, ek het kleren gehad, ek kan nog by Rowena vraag wat hang, uh, soot en slippers het daar gehang, en ek sikkel wat te woon nou, sê toe my haag en die kleren aan, terwijl ek soot en slippers, toe sit ek net die voren nog uit daar, maar toe ek inkom, toe kan ek al klaas, amper soos, as iets wat oor my kom en binnen my kom, ja, hier is ek nou op die rechte plek, <laughs> maar ja, ek het nog gekom en, en Dan het nog vir my gebid hiervoor en, en net van die dag af toe voel ek nou net hierna toe en voor en toe nie meer terug he. en die heren was goed vir my die jaar ek, het, was, ek was een harde klonk ek het altyd gesê ek sal nooit en die mense kom bid vir my altyd en sê ek wat praat die man weet die wat die praat die maar die jaar toe besluit ek nie nou gaan ek my hart vir die heren gee op reg en ek het my gaan doop en ek het altyd vir my vriende gesê, ek sal nooit trouw nie, nie ekkie, waar, en toe sê die heren vir my, nou wees ek vir jou die heren, jy trouw die, <laughs> maar ek is dankbaar vir die heren, het my, was my genadig, en, en ek is dankbaar vir julle ook wat my aanvaard het, en sê het en welkom, en almal community vriende wat my altyd bemoedig, en bijstaan, so, amen. Uh, I still say, to be honest, the best wedding I've ever been to so far. Uh, for those of you who weren't here, they, we, we uh, led them to a place of just making a commitment in, in marriage to one another. And as, and Rowena was a bit late. Net so sy kant gewees het, al kifra was altyd laat. But we're worshipping. We're worshipping together. And eventually she arrives. And we didn't say, everyone sit down. We just, you know, I had this picture. And we just opened up the aisle, and we were still up front worshiping, and she, and it was this picture of how it is going to be in heaven one day, that the, the angels will be worshiping, and the bride's going to come up, and that's going to be you and me to the groom who's waiting for her at the front. Cloud was standing next to me. We were worshiping together, and that is, that, there was this beautiful image of how it's going to be one day when we, the bride, come to Christ, the groom, and envelops us, and the angels will be worshiping. Man, yes, I tell you what, that, that one's going to take a hard act to follow. Kind of thing, eh? Come on. Ermery, Ermery, where are you, Ermery? Come share. How are we doing for time? You guys all look right, eh? You're all good. Sorry. <laughs> okay, so mine's not as deep and long as everybody else's. Um, but so, I have to remember. <laughs> Um, so since I was like little, I was like the super outgoing girl. I was like talk to all the random strangers. It was like fun and outgoing. 
I mean, and my mom's literally got this picture of when I'm like three years old telling my whole preschool the story of Jonah and the whole whale thing. <laughs> but the last few years, I started like almost like struggling, but I had this whole thing about um, fear of man. So I didn't struggle that much in my identity, but just scared of what other people think. So that like completely stopped me from like almost doing what God told me to do. So like when he told me to like, okay, go to that person or something, it was just like, mm, eh, maybe not. <laughs> I was like scared of what they would think or yeah, I, I wouldn't know what to say. But this last year has been incredible because God's almost completely taken that fear away. And yeah, it's, it's been awesome. Like instead of having that fear, he's been like replacing it with a courage and like all of a sudden, like I'm not, I'm not scared to go talk to people anymore. I'm not scared to go pray. I think the first thing that when that started was I was actually at my gymnastics competition, and the one girl was on the beam and she kept falling off on her warm up. And afterwards, she was like crying, and I felt God tell me, okay, go pray for her. And I'm just like, mm, I don't want to do that, no. But that was the one competition that Jenna and Becky actually came. And I just accidentally looked over and saw them. And just like being part of family and stuff. And that just reminded me, kind of have to do this. So <laughs> I did it. And she did a competition and she didn't fall off once. And it was just like, oh, this is cool. <laughs> and since then, it's just been like every time someone says, okay, some, like they're, they're hurting or something, then she's like, can I pray? And like it's been like every time it's just like it's so cool because I'm not scared of doing it anymore. Uh, yeah, it's just it's awesome, <laughs> and I'm just so thankful. Come, Dad, as the proud father of this beautiful woman. But I tell you what, if if ever you 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 need a smile, come hang out with this family because they are full of smiles, full of laughter, full of joy. <laughs> I'm not supposed to cry in my testimony about grinders. <laughs> oh, yeah, we are blessed. We are blessed. Um, I can't tell you our testimony. It would take like seven weeks and come visit with us. It's easier. Um, but I'll tell you about this year. This year, I really had to, to bulk down and trust God for, for finances that, um, that I did not, I didn't think to happen. So, I'll give you a, a short background. All my kids did gymnastics and some ventured off and did tennis. And, but God really blessed me with kids that are really talented in sports. And whatever they, they do, they, they do well at. But with doing well in sport comes lots of finances that have to go into that. And, um, and about a, f a few years ago, we started with the kids, listen, if you work hard and you make international teams, yeah, you will... We, we, we'll, we'll make the work do to get you there. And um, so Yannick actually pulled that one on me this year and she said, Dad, I qualified to go for trials on the national teams. And she made it to the national, national trials, made the national team, and had to go to Birmingham, England for World Championships. And England is not a cheap place to go to. <laughs> and I was going, okay, Lord, um, I'm, con I'm wondering about paying tithes. I'm going to get my kid there. This is, this, is, this, is, this is not an easy feat, um, making ends meet and then having to, um, to put all those, that money aside. It's just like I was going, fear. I realize what you are. I know you. I know you. I don't want you, but I know you. And in that, in that moment, 
because we like literally found out the 22nd of July and on the 27th of July we had to fork out the first 22,000 rand like it's not even payday and I was, I was like like we're going to make this happen I had to absolutely have faith we'd immediately just pray and said we're going to do this we promised her and as a father's heart that is out to, for my daughter to give her what what she really deserves, so that as father for us. And um, so we started campaigning and stuff, and it was, we, it's amazing how every month when we had to give a, a, an installment towards this, because they, they let us stagger the 60,000 rand that you have to get paid to get the kid on the team, they let you stagger it out. This, every month it's like, give us a day, and then the day, the day after that we get, get, get enough money to, to pay for it. And um, eventually we got unique, Unique's bill paid, but now I still have to get my wife there. I w we were hoping on planning on getting myself there as well, but, but for the time being, Father had an interesting, interesting reason for, for, for not letting me go. So it was literally, th th they flew the Sunday, the Friday before I had to get, I still had not bought a ticket for Yolandi. It's one week before flying. And I was going, Lord, it's crunch time. That morning, I ju had just enough money to, to get the ticket. But now I had the struggle of, am I going to get a ticket at the same cost? Am I going to get a ticket at the same flights? I was able to get a ticket on the same Job George Joburg flight. Same Joburg to du Dubai flight, same Dubai to England flight, and back at cheaper than Unique's. <laughs> so, my next fight was, Lord, I got my wife there. Where's she going to stay? <laughs> and I carry this stuff in my heart, but. And you put up for him face and say, no, it's good. God is going to provide. And, and there's fear of our Lord. How are you going to do this? Started reaching out. Me and Dan tried to tried connections, tried through 412 to get place. We, don't, we, we need a church in 412 in Birmingham, guys. <laughs> we haven't, I haven't gone there yet. The English need us. And um, I just couldn't be, and, and I reached out to my stepdad that I, dad that I haven't seen for 35 years. When I grew up, my mother um, told me that my, yeah, long story, I haven't seen him for 35 years. And about three months ago, we started connecting and we started having WhatsApp calls. And I thought, you know what, Chris, I'm going to ask you if you know anybody in Birmingham. Because he stays, at that stage, he stayed in Bristol. And he moved to London. But he's, his heart is for Jesus as well. He does missions to Mongolia. And, um, and he says, you know what, our, our retired accountant that used to do our finances for the Mongolian outreaches, um, he stays in Birmingham. I'm going to reach out to him. They had just been finished about three weeks before finished hosting Ukrainians that have been there since the war. He says, no, we've got no room. Let her come. And um, 
we have a, a Skype call the morning of the uh, WhatsApp call the Saturday before the Sunday. We literally meet them Saturday before the Sunday she flies. Him and his wife, Carol, um, have a call with her and say, welcome, now there's a room. How can we help? And he picked Yulandi up from the airport. He, got, he took her the first day, said, this is how the trains work. He took her at his expense, got on the train, drove her all the way, showed her how to walk to the arena, took her on a 45-minute journey of how to get there that she doesn't get lost during the day. I had another fear that I was going, Lord, I'm the tech guy, I'm the buttons guy in this house. If we go somewhere, I see for cell phone cables, chargers, plugs, you know it. And connection issues, Wi-Fi, that's me. Or Rion. And neither of us are going. And then my wife and my daughter was like, Lord, I need to give them, how am I going to get them to connect up with Orange? Or I was looking for networks and, okay, I'm, am I taking long? <laughs> so, in that, as we got our visas and we bought the visa in, in faith, because I didn't have a ticket or a place to stay yet, bought the ticket in faith. And as Yolandi's visa came the week before they had to fly, the visa company put a 50, 50 gigabyte SIM card in there with 100 minutes talk time. Get on the flight, plug it in, get, on, get into UK, plug your phone in, good to go, and she can start communicating. So that was absolutely just a privilege to be provided for by a loving father. Awesome. Wow. And, and where, where did she come? Seventh. Seventh in the world, eh? And how old is she? Eleven. Isn't that amazing? Come on. Well done. That's incredible. Beautiful. Young. And, and, and as well, when she smiles, you, it's contagious. You just spend time with the family, get to know them better. They're beautiful. Who else is there? I'm just going thinking. EJ, come share, buddy. So just to the rest of the congregation, we, we, we did have a prior arrangement that when I get up next to the guys, they're starting to speak too long, all right? <laughs> Good morning, everyone. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is EJ. Today, I share a lesson from a cinematic gem born in the same year that I entered this world in 1999. In The Matrix, Neo, guided by Morpheus, learns a crucial truth about focus. In the midst of the city's chaos, Morpheus challenges Neo's attention with the iconic woman in the red dress. Distractions surround us, tempting us away from our true purpose. This year, I faced similar challenges, and the lesson was clear. Stay focused on God. Life parades its own red dresses, captivating and diverting us. But amidst the noise, God whispers. The key is to discern between fleeting distractions and divine callings. Practical advice. Immerse yourself in God's word. Make prayer a habit and surround yourself with a community of believers. Let go of fear, doubt, and disbelief. Free your mind to concentrate on the eternal truth. As Morpheus said, I can only show you the door. You're the one that has to walk through it. 
In this example, Morpheus symbolizes God's guiding wisdom, and Neo represents us as Christians, navigating a world of distractions, urging us to stay focused on God's truth. May this story inspire you to navigate life with a focused heart. And then last but not least, I would like to thank Trevor and Bryden. You guys have been very supportive this year on my journey, and I appreciate you a lot. Thank you. So cool, so cool. Clayton, come on, bro. <laughs> I stand next to you, you're scared. Uh, sure, you're right. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's still morning. Morning, everyone. Um, my name's Clayton. If I haven't met you yet, I look forward to having coffee with you and a catch-up soon. I'm married to Leanne, sitting over there. Show us your hands in love. And we've got... We've got three beautiful boys, Valen, who's 17, and Riley, 14, and little Mackenzie's at the kids' school, and he's uh, just turned six. So um, I had prepared something, but I obviously want to honor the time as well, and I'm just going to let the spirit move me. But um, it's been quite a, a challenging year and a year of uncertainty for us as a family. Uh, Leanne has been working for her, her family business for 20 odd years, and at the beginning of the year, they had to shut their doors, and Leanne, being in ops, had to go through the painstaking, uh, you know, job of letting people go, and if you've ever met Leanne, you'll know that she's a very soft-hearted person, and to give her that kind of bad news was very tough for her, and we weren't too certain where she was going to find work. Um, yeah, so um, thank the Lord, though, in March, um, she managed to find something in logistics, which she was kind of in, and... Um, yeah, I know we just praise, praise the Lord for that. Um, for me, um, it's been a long journey. Uh, I've been a, a drug addict for more than half of my, my life. Um, the reason we came down to George uh, about 18 years ago was for me to get away from Joburg. Um, I was supposed to go to rehab in Blanco. Um, Leanne's folks took me in. Um, it was too expensive. I wouldn't have been able to have paid anything back. Anyway, I've um, been living out here just, you know, as a people pleaser uh, for most of my time here in George. And uh, the beginning of this year, I thought, you know, if something doesn't change, I'm either going to have, like Chris, a heart attack or I'm going to run my family into financial ruin. Um, you know, I was going to die. I was getting to a place of absolute desperation. And I just, I just remember calling out to the Lord. Please just help me. Um, you know, I don't. I don't care if if, if I fall. I'm not going to run away anymore. I'm, I'm not going to. I'm not going to run away from you. If when when I do fall, and I'm, I'm sure I might, I'm just going to get up and I'm going to run towards you. I'm not going to run away from you. I'm just going to say sorry. I'm going to. I'm going to believe in you. I'm going to believe in your forgiveness, and I'm just going to draw strength and, and keep on going. But obviously, I'm, I continually just fell all the time. I was just with, obviously with the wrong people and the wrong crowd, and you know. Th uh, you know, the more I drank, the more I did drugs. Um, and um, it just, I, my kids are getting older. I'm a 40-year-old man now. My kids, you know, I love my boys. And I just, I needed to get them on the right track. I needed them to, to, to move towards God with me. Anyway, so Leanne started her new job in March. And it just so happens, we were at a kid's party. Um, it was Leanne's birthday, actually, on that day as well. And I was introduced to this guy because he was also a drummer. I play drums. 
and uh, it was Trevor. <laughs> and um, I don't know how exactly we got to it, but uh, Trevor just said, you know, oh, I go to this, this church, Josh Jen, and he gave me a bit of directions, and we got chatting, and he was such a lucky guy. Anyway, um, long story short, you know, um, I had my birthday in April, um, and I'd gone away to a music festival in Joburg for my gift, and at that festival, I just felt the Lord saying, enough's enough, you've got to do something, and I'll make a way for you to get out. So anyway, I returned, and I just felt compelled to do this thing that this other guy was doing, a like 100 days challenge, like no booze. And I thought this was a great kind of escape for me. I could just tell everyone this is like a personal challenge of mine. Anyway, so I went about this 100 days booze-free, and everyone kind of, the minute you stop drinking, you know, people don't want you to bring them down, so they kind of just let me, let me go. But I'd remembered Trevor's in, in, invite, and I thought, you know, this 100 days is going to come to an end. And all those people are going to come knocking on my door again, wanting to know where I am. And, and I just had this tremendous fear. And I just remember the Lord um, just saying to me, you can't do this alone. You need my people. You need to be in my house. You need to be in church. So I rocked up here on the 30th of July. And I found a place at the back. And when the worship started, I just couldn't believe how everyone just got up. And moved to the front, and I could just feel the spirit. And I just felt relief that I'd come home, and he had brought me to the right place. So I, I just ran back home. That's all the family that they were coming with. <laughs> they were coming with the next week, and uh, the week that followed, I got a phone call from Chad, and I've got a phone call from Trev and Beatrice and um, Vili. I don't know if he's here, but uh, you know, just all of a sudden calls and you know invites to dinner and come to come, and it's just amazing how the Lord just slotted us as a family into this place, and we're just so grateful for all that He's done, and the restoration, and everything that He's doing in our lives, and I just look forward to seeing what He's going to do in my boys' lives, and my wife's life, and we're just so grateful. He is a great, mighty Father, and He loves His children, and um, yeah, that's it. I'm just so glad. Yes, I'm so aware of, actually, you know, we, we actually are all just so broken, and we all need Jesus, eh? We all need Jesus so desperately, and that's why we, we you know, I think that the key thing is that when we, when we walk in a place of humility and actually going, God, I need you, and you know, it's not to say that we're going to be perfect. No one's expecting us to be perfect on this journey, but it's having a heart of, of, of submission to the Father, but of one of repentance, and when we mess up, that we can go to Him and say, Lord, I'm, I've messed up again, I'm sorry. I messed up again, I'm sorry. And, and we, you know, He picks us up, and He holds us, and He carries us, because He's a loving God, and He wants to see us. And so I know, that, I mean, this man's had a journey, and we've been journeying with him, and we're seeing breakthrough. We are seeing breakthrough. And we are excited to see the full breakthrough happen together. Amen. Pietrus, you want to share with <laughs> Mariska? This is a beautiful family. If the kids come up, they're welcome to come stand with mom and dad. That's fine. Wait for my wife. Sonia. 
Good morning, everyone. So for those who doesn't know um, me, my name is Beatrice. This is Mariska. We've got five kids, <laughs> all ranging from nine to a seven-month-old baby. So when Chad asked me um, would I be willing to share just testimony of what the Lord has done um, this year, I actually started reflecting on actually our time with Josh, Josh in the last three years. It's been really a year of healing. Um, we were pretty broken when we came into this house. Um, we didn't realize it at the time. We thought we, we had it all together. Um, but I remember the first time when we, went, when we came into those doors, um, it was just after COVID, and there was only like seats in the front open here, and we sat right in the front here. And then when the worship started, we knew that, we, that God was in this place, that the Holy Spirit was here, and we liked it, and we wanted to be here. Um, but then about three months in, um, the Lord started revealing cracks. The Lord started revealing brokenness within us. Um, so I used to be a runner. I used to just run from, from any confrontation, from having to deal with problems, with, with having to deal with things that the Lord wants to do in my heart. I used to always just run from those things. And when we came here, the Lord was like, you're not going to run anymore. You're going to deal with the things that I want to deal with. And I was wondering, um, can you put on that um, Psalm 100? If you can start at verse 4. Um, it says, Know that the Lord is good. It is He who made us, and we are His. We are, we are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving, and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him, and praise His name. Next one. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. And that's really been us. The Lord's been to our generation. The Lord has proven himself faithful um, just in how he's been dealing with things. And just so, so the end of last year, um, when we came back from the conference, the Lord, so yeah, the Lord was like, okay, there's stuff that I want to touch in your marriage which we've never allowed um, people to come in. We've tried to always sort it out on our own. And the Lord's like, no, I want to deal with it um, because it needs to reflect me well. So I knew, I knew where, that was, it, where, where it was heading. So I phoned Chad and I said, Chad, I need to have a coffee. Um, and we had a coffee. And it was painful. Like the process was painful. But we can stand here and say that the Lord is good and he's faithful. And just the way he deals with things. Um, and making us look more like him, you know? So for me, um, just coming through with, with the start of God just dealing with our marriage and things of cracks and, you know, there was so much in the darkness that there was, and my prayer was constantly, Jesus, I want to reflect you more and I want to look more like you. But Jesus is like, well, we need to open this door and bring everything to the light, and he's still doing it with me, like, I'm like, oh, Jesus, so we're still doing it, he's like, you want to look more like me, we need to deal with that, so, you know, just finding Jesus, and seeking his face, and doesn't matter how hard it is, you just have to find him, because you won't, you won't change, if you don't allow him to open those doors, you know, you won't change if you if you don't open those doors to him and to people, family, um, you know, Jesus, like Peter usually gives me a timeline. He's like, well, I'll give you a day, but you need to speak to someone. <laughs> 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 so, 
Seo is so good and so faithful and, and such a pres- present, loving Jesus. Um, yeah, so all glory to him. And just what he's done to us, it's still hard. It's still hard. But Jesus is working. It's like we are this clay mold, and he's just shaping us. And even our marriage, um, you know, and even being a mother and parenting is like you can't do it alone. We are all broken and so lost without him. Amen. Oh, I love this family. Beautiful. Um, almost done. Almost done. Brucey, you save it. And then Esther, you ready next, eh? Cool. I might cry. I might cry. Yeah. Hi, everybody. My name is Bruce. Um, I'm married. I've got three kids. They're not with me at the moment, but they will be joining me hopefully in the nearest future. Um, yeah, so today is really about how good God is and how amazing He is. And um, that's really what I want to share, how He's been so amazing in my life. Lord, just help me hold it together. <laughs> yeah, um, I've been on the road quite a long time, um, probably in the excess of 40 years, been serving the Lord. Um, invited him into my life in the army, of all places. Um, and yeah, it's, just, it's, it's been an amazing 40 years plus. Um, but it hasn't been easy. It's been tough. And... Um, there's been a lot of ups and downs in my life, but the most amazing thing is God has been faithful. And I think if there's anything I want to say today is the faithfulness of God. He never, ever lets us go. He holds on to us no matter what we go through, no matter how tough it is. It's just amazing to listen to all these incredible testimonies. And it's just God is just, just holds on to us. You know, I think we're holding on to Him. It's actually the other way around. He's holding on to us. He really is. And He'll never let us go. And... Um, just this last, there's so much to share, but I just want to share about what God has done this year in 2023 because it's been a, like a real suddenly in, in terms of what God's done. I never expected ever to come to George. Uh, it was never on my radar. I, was never, I never thought this would be a place I wanted to even be. I was staying in Cape Town in, in Selamosh, which is great, as you all know. But um, the work like dried up um, and... Um, I had a couple of friends who were talking to me, and a good friend of mine said to me, why don't you come up to, to Wilderness George site? And um, there could be opportunity for you there. And I just thought, you know what, I'm kind of desperate. I'm going to do it. Lord, what do you say? And my wife, Mimi, just said to me, she feels a peace about it. Why don't you, why don't you go? Um, so it was all in faith, I promise you. There were no promises. There were no guarantees. There were nothing. It was like, this is in faith. I'm going. And I stayed in his house, and... Um, there, there was a job opportunity which came to fruition. But my wife said to me, Mimi said to me, listen, we're not going to come up there until something happens. Um, and then once something happens, we'll, we'll look at coming to join you. And um, I, didn't, I didn't actually know what God was going to do, but he's done an amazing, amazing thing. Um, we came to George. Um, I've got some family up here. I haven't seen them forever. My brother, my sister, I've got a cousin and the Lord just enabled me to get to see them again, uh, sweet, sweet moments. And 
uh, I've got a really good friend, Barry and Lynn, who live here, and they were so all embracing, and they said, come on, Brucey, you know, let's uh, come up here and let's see what we can do, and they weren't terribly happy with where they're going, so we decided where we're going, which church we're going to go to, um, so he, he suggested Josh Jen, and uh, we walked in here, Barry and I, and I tell you, it was just incredible. Um, and I, this is what God is doing in the life of this church, you know. I mean, I'm new here, and uh, I've just heard over and over again just the embracing of people. You guys, and I want to be part of it, is just the love you have for people. I love people. I really do love people. But here there's just something special, and it's a God thing. And, uh, you know, if anything I want to say today is I want to encourage you that, that God is busy in the life of this church, and if you open your heart and you allow Him, <laughs> you know, you, you're going to be able to start making amazing friends, and you're going to be able to start helping and strengthening your brothers and your sisters, because I think that's what He's called us to, is to strengthen one another. And the scripture that I had, uh, and I'll just finish with it, is um, that the Lord, His Word is a light unto our path, uh, and a lamp unto our feet. And for me, this last six months, where I didn't know where I was going to end up going, it's been exactly like that. It's, you know, he doesn't put the lamp on the mountain. He puts it on, in front of you on your path. And he's a light unto your feet. So it's one step at a time. And that's been my journey. Is, uh, particularly of late, it's been one step at a time. I can't guarantee or even know what the future has. But it's a faith walk. It's a faith walk. And that's how it's been for me. Um, and uh, I, God has just not, never disappointed. He's just been so, so faithful. So I'm really appreciative to Chad and Nikki for just embracing me and the, the rest of the church. I haven't got to know everybody else, but I really feel part of this family. I want to thank every single one of you who have invited me to, to dinners and just spoken words over my life. And so if you join this church, you've joined the right church. So God bless. <laughs> Thanks so much. Hey. Brucey, 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 Brucey. God's restoring you, my bud. He's restoring you back to you in front of this pulpit. Eh? Yeah, he is. I want to prophesy that of you, bud. He's not finished with you yet. The calling your life is sure, and it's the truth. Don't let the devil take it from you. Honestly, we're going to lead together, bud, one day. Okay. I really believe that. And for those of you, find out this man's story because it's an incredible story. <laughs> but God hasn't, his call is the yes and amen. And he's faithful. He's faithful. And I want to speak that over you, my buddy. I love you, bud. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, Esther, come and finish off for us, my love. <laughs> She's... This is a beautiful family as well that serve with us, Trevor and Esther. And I've known Trevor since he was 12 years old. Since he was 12 years old. He was a, a little snot cop running around. He still is a little snot cop running around. <laughs> but he's not so little anymore. He's got this little snot cop to run around. <laughs> but it's, uh, it has been an incredible journey knowing this family. And uh, Esther, you want to share? Cool. So I'd always had a dream after having kids to be with them 
all the time and just in intentionally pour into their lives and um, yeah, grow them and be with them. And my testimony is a bit, yeah, it's about how God knows our dreams and he knows our hearts and he knows our desires so intimately, like before it's even spoken out or we've told anyone. And um, this year after having Spencer and having to go back to work, after my maternity leave, my heart was just not there. Like I tried to give and I just, I, I couldn't. Um, and, I, and I knew why. I knew that's where, it's not where God wanted me anymore. Um, but in... But in my logical thinking and in who I am, I don't give up, I don't quit, I don't stop, I keep going and I just keep going, um, which is sometimes not always the right thing to do. But um, yeah, feeling <laughs> in the Lord and speaking to Trev and Trev saying, I just feel your season is done. It's like, okay, then what next? How do we carry on from this? Where is um, Where does the finances come from for me to be at home? There is a shortfall. What do we do? Ah. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> now we have... <laughs> oh. Yeah, so just deciding in faith to just resign, even though not knowing where the money would come from or what we were going to do, just knowing if this is something that God has put on our hearts to do, just having faith and taking that step. So after <laughs> deciding to do that, um, our family's company actually said to me, we'd love to actually just put you on the payroll for next year and just supplement you guys somehow um, with a little bit of work on the side that I would have to do and help out where I can not influencing anything that I'm doing with the kids, knowing that my kids' time is first, not taking me away from that, but bringing them in and doing things that I can do on the side, which we are so grateful for. And I just, for us in our lives, I feel like God is just, the main thing he's been is our provider. In every single part, we've lacked nothing. When we've needed things, for me, from my school years, growing up without a dad, not having the finances to do certain things, but having dreams in my heart and having desires and asking the Lord for him, seeing him coming and fulfilling it, even through the church and people around us. And yeah, you can even go from there to our wedding, to everything. God has just been there through everything and just providing for us. So this is just another testimony of him just providing once again. Um, and yeah, I think for me also just wanting to do more and committing myself more to the church, not being able to do that, having to work and then look after my kids in the afternoons. But now they can be so much part of church life and plowing into the people. And um, yeah, and I think a, another dream in my heart, which I'm just going to put out there so I can be held accountable, it's just a thing of building with other moms and other mothers and encouraging one another and walking together. And that is a dream that is coming into reality for next year. So we are super excited for our following year. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Thanks, Spencer. Oh, lovely. What a beautiful morning, eh? 
You know, the, the, the bits and pieces that you've heard are just little, little roles. I mean, I mean, we've gotten, had the privilege of getting to know most of the guys, and there's so much more that could be told. And so the way we do this <laughs> is invite each other for a meal and say, I want to really hear the backstory now to what you shared and tell me what God has done. And so do it. Do it. And, and for those of you, I know there's a hundred more of us who have an incredible testimony um, and just something of God's goodness. And I know we haven't had a chance to speak and have everyone share. And I know a lot of you are going, but I just want to share. I just want to share. But thank you for your grace and understanding because really we could be here for another Sunday morning. I mean, it's been an hour and we've shared on God's goodness and his faithfulness.